0: hi and welcome to the let's talk melbourne podcast i'm your host vikas Raheja. the let's talk melbourne podcast is brought to you from the city of melbourne where we talk to business leaders opinion makers influencers and change agents this is a space for critical thinking open discussions and the big picture this podcast is sponsored by construct mart and floors trading and clearance center your one-stop shop for all the floorings and renovations Hi and welcome to a new episode of Let's Talk Melbourne um, Season 2 and thank you everyone for tuning in and listening and watching us. Um, Thank you for all the love and support for Season 1 and I hope that you continue to support and love us for Season 2. Now, I have someone very, very interesting whom I'm really excited to talk to, but I would request my guest to introduce himself, if that's okay.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, my name is Chris Kornovich. Um, I I guess we initially spoke um, because of my involvement with the Victorian Pride Center, um, where I sat on the board um, for four years during 2018 to 2020. Yes. Um, But my background, actually, I work for a company called Cushman Wakefield, which is... um, kind of commercial real estate company yeah um and i do a lot of the strategic planning um front of house type things facilities management um stacking in projects and things like that so very random kind of broad um job but a lot of it kind of has to do with project management so and my background's in architecture so that was one of the reasons i kind of got involved in In the the pride center
0: yeah we'll get into the pride center but chris is an american Yes. And you now love Australia.
1: I do. And I love it. you never want to go back. No, I won't go back. Um, <laughs> look, I have to say, I, I'm glad I grew up there, but I'm also glad that I left. Um, I find, yeah, when I go back, I do find that um, it's it's very different to Australia. I yeah. think um, having now had experience in both, I prefer the Australian lifestyle, the Australian culture. Um, the benefits of being Australian um, is, is quite a lot better, awesome. I think.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I would agree. Yeah. But, but I'm biased. Oh, totally. Well, look, <laughs> so, you know.
1: government health care, um, look, the, the superannuation, like all that kind of stuff so, here, yeah. no guns. Right. Um, those kind of things, actually, I think a lot of Americans tend to take for granted. Um, and probably a lot of them, unfortunately, haven't had the ability to travel probably as much as Far I enough. have yeah, to yeah. Um, have those experiences and maybe see that different side. So, like I said, glad I grew up there, but glad I, I left. I still have family back there, so I do visit. So, okay. um, but, yeah, definitely Australia's home now.
0: Awesome. So, cheers to that. I think yes, that's that's definitely. fantastic. Cheers. Welcome. <laughs> yeah, we we'll love, as you would have noticed, we drink a lot on the podcast. That or at least I do, and I make my guest drink. That's perfect.
1: <laughs> oh, it clears the throat a bit. It's good.
0: Uh, so, Chris, I wanted to, I mean, the reason we initially started talking was because of involvement with the Pride Center. Yeah. Please, for people who don't know, I mean, uh, about the Pride Center, and you'll be surprised a lot of people still don't know oh, think yeah. a building like that exists. Can you talk to us about what the Pride Center is and, and, and your journey or your relationship with it and how you got involved with that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, the Pride Center is essentially, I guess, a community center um, for the more so LGBTIQ plus yeah. um, community. Yeah. Um, it houses a lot of different types of services. Um, some of the key tenants in the building are um, Thorn Harbour Health, yeah. Um which is a lot more geared towards um gay men sexual health. Yep. Um there's Transgender Victoria, so some of the services around people who are transitioning. Um Minus 18, which is a um, more the youth LGBTI organization, is is now there. Um Switchboard, which is similar to like a a Blue Lion or um a lifeline type yep, service. Yep, yep. Um the Gay and Lesbian Archives, which is now um the Queer Archives, is there. Um, plus a lot of others, some legal services um, and some other groups. As such, I, I, there's 19 in total. Yeah, um, I think
0: Monash so, Health is also there, right?
1: Um, not yeah, Monash Gender Monash Clinic, is, yeah, which yeah, yeah. is um helps a lot helps with the kind lot. of transgender um side of things. So okay. um yeah, look, it's it's meant. To, I think different to other Pride centres around the world, it is very um. It's got a
0: lot of hats, yep.
1: um, so there are actually, there's a small theatre, um, there's a cafe in the front, um, there's bookable meeting rooms and boardrooms um, for meetings. Um, and, and it's there's... open to everybody. Who open to, to anybody, yes. absolutely. Yep. So, yep. Um, it, you, I mean, there's an events, if you go on the website to Victorian Pride Centre, there's an events page where you yep. can email and find availability. Um, there are different kind of pricing options depending on if you're a corporate or if you're a non-profit. Profit, yep. um, so, a, a lot to consider and a lot that went into kind of the governments and setup, yep. governance and setup. governance and setup. Yeah. Um. and still things that are being tweaked. I mean, uh, after COVID now, you know, we've had a few, a uh, year and some of, of good, proper working times that we've yep. been able to recheck things and tweak things as needed. Um, we also have co-working desks. Yep. So anyone that's interested in booking a desk, um. I think now after COVID, uh, that's a bit of an interesting one where so many people have home offices. So we are looking at ways to make that space um, a bit more inviting. Um. But yeah. Look, it's always changing. And, and even since I've left, there's been some changes. And um, yeah, look, but it's great to see it still functioning. I'm still on one of the committees um, for property. Okay. Um, facilities and activation and stuff like that, which is great to still be slightly involved in. Um, and yeah, it's just great to see it actually being used.
0: Awesome. And how did you get involved with it?
1: Um, Oh, so long story there. So um, actually started around the plebiscite, um, I'll take it way back. I know. So. I, we,
0: we, I wanted you to talk about. It. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. No, yeah. that's it.
1: Um, yeah. so starting around the time of the plebiscite, um, I was working for Cushman and Wakefields, um, and I've lived around. I've lived in a few different countries. I'm from the United States, yep. so, um, a lot of times those discussions around LGBTIQ rights and marriage equality and all that kind of stuff have come up. Um, And I think this was probably like my third or fourth time kind of just being stuck in the middle of these kind of campaigns. Um, And it's is—it's kind of mentally draining and exhausting and just you get tired of being called a villain and terrible and all that kind of stuff. I know. So I did actually request the day that the announcements were read to have the day off um, from my manager who was fully supportive. And I just said either way it goes, I either want to have a really good day. If it's a bad day, I just want to be alone and, you know, soak it all in. Um, Luckily, it went a good way for us, but um, in that, um, she actually identifies as a lesbian, so we kind of started some conversation after that kind of open honesty, um, and decided we were lacking in Cushman and Wakefield with an LGBTI employee network, Okay. Um, so she and I kind of helped to kickstart a network for Asia Pacific within Cushman and Wakefield at the time, um, which also then kind of led to um one of the groups that Cushman and Wakefield supports is the Property Council of Victoria. Yep. Um, And a year after we kind of kick-started our internal employee network, um, the Property Council of Victoria was showcasing the Pride Centre at um, one of the events that was being hosted at Cushman and Wakefield. Um, So I was actually asked to speak and kind of open it up and and, um, give a little chat. Gotcha. So um, it happened to be on Coming Out Day, um, the 11th of October, 2018, um, Um, when I had... That opportunity yep. um and there were a lot of members from the board at the time that were in the audience um the architects were there um some of the key players involved in in um the center and getting it up to that point which was just around the time that they were starting to discuss construction contracts gotcha. yep um so the design had been chosen they had quite a lot of funding ready to go um and after those kind of discussions in my initial conversations with the board, I just said, look, if you ever need help with anything, let me know. I'd be happy to kind of reach out. Um, and the board chair at the time, who was Jude Monroe, who yeah. has become almost a mentor of mine, I, I just really appreciate and just the knowledge that she has and the grace that she, she went through everything with. She was really a role model for me in that yeah. sense. And she honestly saw something in me that I didn't see in myself, yeah. um, where she actually asked for my CV. Um, they went through it, and within about a month and a half, she asked if I wanted to take a position on the board. And I was really surprised, because I don't have any board experience. Um, and I did say that. I said, I just I don't think I'm the right person. I have no it. idea what I'm doing. Um, but they wanted a skills-based board. Um, so there were a lot of people on the board that had backgrounds in governance and legal and um, fundraising and things like that, um, were, because my kind of professional career was around facilities management and concierge and um, architecture and design. And that was kind of how I got involved um, to kind of fill that gap at the time. Um, And I think even through all that, I mean, when I first went to the first few board meetings and it was all around construction contracts and legal implications and um, dealing with the government, I was just felt like i was in way over my head i had serious imposter syndrome uh i talked to jude a few times and said i don't know if i'm the right person for this um
0: nervous or were you just uh you just were like overwhelmed by the opportunity i was a little overwhelmed i
1: think uh and i think to some of the other people that were on the
0: board were people that i saw speak at a lot of events
1: and and were really kind of the top-notch people in the lgbti community that i was a little intimidated by um no one ever made me feel bad at all but i just felt i was Young, I was probably the youngest one on the board, probably about 15 years. Wow. Um, so that lived experience as well, I kind of undervalued yeah. what I could give. Um, and even talked to Jude a few times on different board intakes and just said, look, if you think I'm really not pulling my weight, please tell me. I'm happy to step aside. Um, but she always kept her faith in me, and and I do feel like I was able to contribute during COVID. Um, we we lost a lot of the budget for if you've been to the Pride Center. Um, a lot of the outdoor spaces are very much lacking in furniture. Yeah, we did yeah. have to value manage out quite a lot of the furniture um, and budgets um, internally as well. So that was kind of my task was to find serv- providers, try to get things donated. Um, and we were able to find companies that donated the sit-stand desks and the co-working And you did space. this by
0: yourself. You just reached out to companies exactly. and said, this is what you were doing and yeah. this is the help you need. Yeah, exactly. And, and through... no one sort of... Um, Resist it or did you did you curate the companies? It
1: was well, I kind of already had some contacts okay. that I could work through. Um, as well as working for Cushman and Wakefield, who does do commercial leasing, um, was able to actually set up a pro bono partnership with Cushman, which is kind of set a precedent with them as well in regards to philanthropy, um, which is, it was great and it was amazing and to have the people who were working on that, to have them so fully involved. And I was a little bit outside of the leasing component of it, but, um, and now Cushman and Wakefield actually does some of the facilities management stuff there as well. So it was great to kind of be able to use some of those contacts. we ended up getting a lot of donated furniture, a lot of discounted furniture, uh, and work closely with the architects to make sure they were happy with the colors. Yeah. Um. But again, the budgets were so low that I, I was told um that I did end up saving a couple hundred thousand dollars the furniture side. So I I did actually I pulled my weight in the end, That's and awesome. I gained some confidence and like I said, worked with some of the most amazing people. Um, I think with that board as well, we. All were very respectful of each other. I, yeah. One of the first things that we did on the board was, and um, we're asked to tell our coming out stories, um, and and even some of our backgrounds as to why we were there, and everyone on that board had, and uh, like and a story that I just it just showed a passion. For and the commitment to
0: the, the ex- overall cause. exactly yeah, a yeah. commitment
1: for reasons of wanting betterment but, for the LGBTI yeah. community and people who needed might need a place to call home and might need some help or might need that beacon. Um,
0: and that's what I want to get into it because what does it? What do you think having a pride center means for the city? Um, Why uh, should a city have a pride centre?
1: That's and that's a fair question. And honestly, yeah. we did. We actually even looked at. You know what? In twenty years, yeah. what if this we're so inclusive that we don't need the pride centre anymore? Uh, what can it become? Uh, no, nah, I don't think that's happening. You never know. Well, that's it. And I mean, because we, I think we're very lucky in Australia. Um, and uh, and quite a lot of countries that have so much rights for LGBTI community, and we have been embraced. But there's still the other side of it, where it's still criminalised in so many places, and uh, still punishable by death some places yeah, yeah. it's 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 uh, would like it to be a beacon and we want to kind of keep branching out to the other pride centers and build like an online so we, forum
0: for, so just I just want to sort of dwell into it yeah. so when you say beacon is it a beacon of hope a beacon of um identification hope belonging or is it a culmination of all of those things to sort of say that you know if you identify yourself as a member of the community or if you identify yourself as an ally of all of these you know uh different sections of the community that form the one big community yep. this is the one place where you're welcome to
1: absolutely and
0: would that be an, I think so yeah.
1: I think and, and nowadays too with the internet and I guess going a little bit into my coming up story in, in that um, just even for people to know that a place like this exists, exists. to yeah. know that there's actually support enough yeah. in some places yep. that you you have this kind of center. And if you feel completely isolated and alone or stuck in an unfortunate situation where you might not have anyone to talk to, that there There are places out there. there. Um, And I think it's easier now with the internet and things for people to find these kind of places. But uh, my coming out story, I guess, uh, I grew up in a small, small town. 500 people um and this was never talked about i I knew from the time going through puberty that i was attracted to men but i thought i was the only person in the world and i never talked about it and i felt alone for probably four years um there was there was some internet but it was patchy you know i didn't know what to look up but i always felt an attraction to men um and in that i think it took me actually watching an episode of Will and Grace, which I was not really supposed you to watch. You and Joe watch. Biden, both. <laughs> yeah, look, <laughs> Will and Grace. Um, but yeah, look, it, it's those kind of things. I think for yeah. me, if I knew that that existed, I you wouldn't need a reference have felt, point, so, um, a cultural
0: reference point. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah,
1: yeah. So it's it's nice to um to have that for the community uh, and for people who are, are kind of questioning and and people who are transitioning and still going through um
0: what they need to go through. Just having that kind of safe space. Yeah. Um, I went to the Pride Centre actually. I thought it was a—it's f- a beautiful, stunning building, um, and uh, I went there for like I'm—I'm I'm a director of the for Globe uh, mm-hmm. Victoria. I'm one of the directors of Globe Victoria, so yep. we went there for a strategy planning day. But I was quite um, t- I one thing that immediately struck me was the archival footage that's there. Yep. Not the footage, sorry, the archival—you um, know, different kinds of archival stuff that's there. That was quite interesting because you normally wouldn't it was a good decision I think personally to have that kind of you know oh absolutely uh, like v- that visual images were very very important because yeah. it sort of gives you a little bit of insight into different kinds of people and their stories and the background so yeah. and and of course the one thing which uh, which I which we I think I mentioned to you as well is that I was uh, having breakfast with a mate of mine and uh, he mentioned to me because i like the pride center i don't like the location i think we touched upon that as well what are your thoughts on that like you know obviously this is a i don't know if it's a controversial topic is it a controversial topic i don't
1: think so okay look it's the north side south side always has that little bit of a rivalry in melbourne it's just kind of how it is um look the 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 location there was um i don't know what uh like a competition i guess i would there was an architectural competition in the beginning okay um and I honestly don't remember the amount of, of submissions. Um, but so the building that exists now was actually chosen out of a competition, um, and. There was the same for the location. There was a bit of a competition put out to all the councils to give their best kind of bid for yep. where the building could go. Yep. And and it was open to every council. So um, I, I believe four Applied, I've got to double check my facts. There is a book called The Making of the Pride Centre, which will give you all this. So that's going to be my little Oh, there's blog. a book on that? Okay. There is a book. You have can you buy it that? at the Pride Centre. Okay. I do have it. Honestly, I haven't read it. I should. I need to. Yep. Um, because I'm so involved in it, gotcha. it might be nice yep. to kind of wait a year or so. But all that kind of early stuff... Um, is all in the book, but um, so there was about four councils that came back, and the reason it ended up being in the city of Port Phillip was because they actually donated the site that the the pride Center's on. Yeah, um, it's a subs- it's a large site. Yes, um, right off of Fitzroy Street, and a donation of that size um comes at a million dollar, millions of dollars, correct? Um, yeah. of of land. Yeah. So um, that's why it's there. Um, none of the other councils. Donated, so that that's. And it's important what for people to know to.
0: that, right? Because there's there's some logistic and very practical decision making that goes behind such mm. and financial, and, and absolutely. Financial, yeah. So yep. it's uh, yeah. So I mean, it, regardless of the location, it's it's a part of the city. So um, my humble urge would be to sort of say, that just go. To tell, yeah. to who cares whether it's on this side of the town or that yeah, side exactly. of the town? Yeah, exactly. And and, you know, and the great thing about it
1: is that the Pride March has always gone down Fitzroy Street, so yeah. it's kind of off of one of those thoroughfares that's always had that bit of history. Yeah. Um, and on the day that the Pride Centre was launched, actually, Daniel Andrews had announced as well the um, Pride Day over in um, on Smith Street when they close off then they have a bit of a street party. That was oh, yep. around that time to give some love to the north side as well. So, I mean... We're all Melbourne at the end of the day. Exactly. Um, we, and like it's the tram, the 96 tram runs straight there from the city. Um, I, I, now, like I said,
0: there's Look, there's I don't have a 16, dog in this fight. I live in the city, so I don't care <laughs> yeah. the north south. I love them both. Yeah. But as you said, we're all in Melbourne, so it doesn't really matter. So, yeah, I, I did want to touch with that because a couple of people did say that obviously they're from the north side. But there's fair... Um, those are legitimate questions. That's why I want oh, to address absolutely. it. Because, yeah. you know, I think it's important for people to realize that there are some very good reasoning for the location to be where it is. Mm. And, and it's not just out of whim of, like, oh, someone yeah. who said, like, it's a good idea to have it here for X reasons. No, reason. exactly. Yeah. It,
1: it was put out there. So, yeah. Cool. <laughs> Everything's negotiable, you know. Like, everything. There's, yeah, but there is a backstory to everything. I mean, yeah. down to the detail. I mean, I could, if I walk people through the present. and I'm like, oh, there was an issue with that and we had to do this or during COVID... The crane had to stay out for three extra months because the glass was getting pressed somewhere and there was service Ooh, wow. supply chain delays, like all those kind of things that, that are going on in the background and especially navigating through COVID. I mean, when you're that involved in these kind of projects, and this is just one building, yes. one community center out of the hundreds of thousands in, in Melbourne yeah. and that other groups have groups to go have to, through yeah. and um navigate on a daily basis there's a there's a lot of consideration that goes into everything
0: on that and point. in terms of e-commerce uh, do you think it's this will it, is, it, is it a sustainable business model do you think they'll be able to have enough money and funding to keep going the way they are at the moment? oh absolutely i mean we're solvent
1: yeah. um <laughs> so um but yeah look it does rely a lot of the income is the, there are commercial leasing arrangements yeah. so some of the um the Tenants in the building do pay commercial rates. Yeah. A lot of the non-for-profits do have highly discounted rates. Yeah. Um, and those non-for-profits, I like guess, can apply for their own grants and services yeah, yeah, yeah. to get their own funding. Yeah. Um, one thing that was really touched on a lot for the Pride Centre was to try not to take any funding from the organisations that were going in. So we didn't want to compete with, gotcha. yeah. um, like Joy FM, for example, who's in there. We don't want to compete with their funding. Um, And that's highly taken into consideration. There's someone that actually works just on the kind of funding and um, uh, strategy on everything like that. And if there's any challenges, they do talk about that and okay. not wanting to take money from other groups. Yeah. Um, look, the government, the state government, did give uh, quite a lot of money to the building of the centre. Um, that's not an ongoing payment. So we still have to, to maintain. We rely on the bookings of the theatrettes, of the different the forum spaces, the, the rooftop bookings, yep. um, and the meeting rooms and things like that and, and all other oh, there's still um people donating money money there's um yeah there's a lot of those kind of setups that we still rely on yeah. so it's not like we can just brush our hands of it and say we're set, we're set. there's still yeah. a lot of work that goes into making sure that the the building functions and that that we don't go bankrupt um so yeah no, um, that, that,
0: that's why i asked because i think it's important for longevity and sustainability yeah absolutely that,
1: yeah. yeah and look uh, the good thing is it's even during covid i mean we did we filled up the whole space every single space in that building is leased yeah. um and there was even people that wanted to get in that we didn't have space for. So it was nice to know that it did have that level of people wanting to be in that space. I think it provides a great space as well for a lot of these smaller, non profit organizations, rather than being scattered all over the city, yeah. to come together in one building and to be able to have those the quick crossover transactions. And, oh, well, we'll just walk over to Joy really quick and ask if we can have a radio spot, because Minus18 is doing a spotlight on something. like you, There's just a lot more of those kind of connections you, that you get you. all yeah. being in one space. And yeah. I would hope that it's benefited a lot of those non-for-profits in a good way.
0: I'm sure it has. I'm, I mean, you know, um, and if someone wants to, what's the, like, from a, if someone wants to host an event there, what's the size? Like, if, or like, a panel discussion, as an example, what's the size of yeah. people? Oh, that it can there's be
1: a th- there's a theaterette, which can hold about 250 people. Oh, really? Where yeah, was... okay. it's okay. I didn't pretty, know that. down okay. the back. Um, and that also, there's actually a boardroom above it that has a sliding window that can actually open down, so you oh, can shit. view from different spaces. Um, there's a bar near the theaterette as well. There's a bar on the rooftop.
0: Um, you I could, clearly miss all these bars when I oh, went there. Oh, look, I
1: know there's two bars, um, one cafe. It's not all about the bars as well. I mean, because it does no, I know. It does host a lot of other uh, events. And, and even... Um, I check like, out
0: the bars first, but that's just... Big, yeah, yeah,
1: look, it, and everyone has their own program. And there was a lot of discussion around having those bars and the alcohol yeah. service in the building because it is still a community center. So we might have people from an Alcoholics Anonymous meetings yeah, in, that yeah, space. in that space. And, so we want to be sure. and we want to make sure that we can cater to everyone as as many people as possible. Yeah. Um so that a lot of those things were talked about and considered. But um but yeah, so from that perspective, I mean that holds about two hundred and fifty people. Um there's gallery launches quite often. So when you first walk into the building that switches out about every two to three months. Yep. Yep. So they have little um launches for that. The rooftop every month they do a sausage sizzle. Oh, um, cool. with um the gay stuff markets down yeah. on the ground floor to try to kind of bring people into the space. Okay. Um and I mean, the rooftops have housed weddings, um, memorials, even. Um, a lot of different groups have gone up there. Um, I, I, like I said, it's. it's- Caters to a range of different things. Yeah. Um. And if you ever did have any questions about it, the, you can visit the website and email the events team. Yeah. So I um,
0: think it's important to say that because yeah. if anyone listening or watching has any questions, you know, please go to the website and and they're pretty responsive. I'm guessing yeah, yeah with their emails and yep. stuff. So you yep. always, any questions, any kind of information you need, uh, for absolutely anything, whether you want to host events, visit the Pride Center, I, I, you mentioned that you also there are also tours of the Pride Center. Yeah. As well. So yeah.
1: yeah. So there's um there's all over... um concierge staff actually volunteers so a huge shout out to the amount of people that also volunteer at the center it's amazing to have that kind of dedication and people that want to get involved um but a lot of them do tours um so you can ask for tours like i said there's the book so if you really want to read about it um you can do that um open house melbourne which just has passed but every year they do try to open for open house melbourne as well so you can do um tours on that day as well um yeah, look, it's a community building. Um, You can kind of, you can go in any time and walk around the ground floor, the mezzanine and up to the first floor. Yeah. Um, the rooftop isn't always open. So yeah. I would recommend if you're interested, and there's beautiful, beautiful um, views of the city from that rooftop, okay. just above the tree line from St. Kilda towards the city. It's absolutely stunning if you haven't been up there. Um, but just look out for those slotted sizzles every month. Um it's a great time to go into the center and you can ask people questions. Concierge staff as well, you can ask yep. questions too. And they a lot of them have been working there since the building was open. So they might know more than I do about some things. So, um, so yeah. There you go.
0: If you're listening or watching, please. Um, yeah, there's yeah, Sausage Sizzles sounds fun. Oh, it's a good yeah. way to meet people, importantly. like Absolutely. People whom you would normally don't expect to meet or come across. And it's always good to get a flavor or or. or witness a different side of the city, yep. you know, because it's always, you'll be amazed at how, how many different kinds of people visit these kind of places and, yep. and with the idea of just being a part of a community.
1: Absolutely. And yeah. there's usually a DJ, especially in summer, there's usually yeah. a DJ. Um, the weather's usually pretty good if it's not raining. Um, And then you can get drinks at the bar, the sausage sizzle. And like I said, the gay stuff markets is usually on the same day. So yep. when you walk through the ground floor, gotcha. you can buy all the little fun party knickknacks or different kind of quirky bags and earrings and all that kind of stuff. It's all... Um, yeah it's great and that, that gay stuff markets actually happens the north side of the city as well um, so it's tries depends to on where you across. are you have access exactly. to everything all just, sorts just, of stuff anything yeah, you, you need don't
0: want to take the tram you have something next door. yeah yeah, that's yeah. it no it's good <laughs> um, Chris I want to ask you when the Pride Centre at the inauguration I'm guessing you were there at the inauguration yes. Yeah. so when you saw the inauguration when you witnessed the centre officially open what was the first thought that crossed your mind the absolute, do you have a memory oh, of that?
1: Look, I think it was tricky because the inauguration was an incredibly difficult thing to to plan because yep. of COVID and all the lockdowns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if I remember correctly, we had to move it about three times. Um, and probably by about the third time, a lot of the people that were on that committee to do that event, were so burnt out and you could just see the morale kind of coming up because we wanted it to be this massive street party with thousands of people and everyone celebrating, but we were limited to 200 people wearing masks and having to social distance. And it took a bit of, it was amazing. I think the sense of accomplishment that it was actually finally there after kind of having the three fails and that we navigated through COVID and we finally got to the opening date. And unfortunately, right after the opening date, we were in lockdown four days later, which was the last lockdown that Victoria yeah. had. Um, but I, I, for me, I honestly, I, I just knowing that I'd been a part of it and seeing it actually be done and thinking back on everything that we, hoped and wanted um and we didn't get everything but just that sense of accomplishment that we would gotten as far as we did uh um and it navigated through covid and it, it kind of even at that time when you only had 200 people and had to wear masks it still kind of felt like we were getting to a getting sense to, of yeah, normal yeah
0: that was a um, for lack of a better word, an interesting time for, yeah for everybody oh it was yeah. hard and yeah. i felt
1: for the people i some people I, I know got um a bit disappointed that they weren't invited but like we only had 200 spaces. And yeah, when you really I mean, want to think... you're going
0: to get it. If you weren't invited, was a legitimate reason for it's that. So, and, and it it's was got, so yeah.
1: hard. And I know, like I said, for the people that were, were organizing it, it was really... The amount of ministers and people, just
0: all of the it's people involved... It's a pretty involved, big event. And you have... There's a lot of planning. And yeah. And, you, you know, and if it's a pandemic and you're coming out of it. There's so many different factors Absolutely. at play that you have to be careful and respectful for all those kinds of things. Yeah,
1: yeah. But so, now it's... Back to but now it's back to normal yeah. so
0: if you did not get to go then go now Absolutely. go today go tomorrow go whenever you feel like but yeah, yeah, it's it's there,
1: and there'll always be events on. And during Pride March, I mean, they open the building up, yeah. and you can wander through, and it's just.
0: I think there's something in midsummer as well. Oh, there would be. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's yeah. Be heaps
1: of events at midsummer. There. Um, the the Melbourne Queer Film Festival as yeah. well. They try to open up um and do things in the theatre out for the Queer Film Festival. Um, even in June, there's a lot of events they try to do for Pride Month, even okay. though that's more of a, a U.S. thing. Um, and Northern Hemisphere, like they still do events at the Pride Center for that. Yeah. Um, and just any kind of key LGBTI day um they try to kind of trans uh, um to
0: to showcase yeah those showcase sexually. those
1: yeah. yeah so like um uh, yeah
0: <laughs> no no it's great fantastic thank you for sharing I think it's important that people have access to this kind of information a lot of people may not know and if they know they're probably better informed hopefully through that's, this and that's that's the aim for this yeah, anyway yeah. and the
1: Pride Centre does have an events page too so yeah. if you did want to look up what's maybe coming and, and it's for really anyone to put an event it's in, for anyone so. absolutely So yeah.
0: it, it's just for anybody who wants to be involved yeah. it's an open welcome kind of organisation yeah. 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 yeah now I want to ask you, because you're an American, and it would be interesting to get <laughs> get your take on this. What's your relationship... Sorry, not your relationship is wrong, but what's your uh, take on race relations in the community be- from your observations in America and in Australia? Do you think uh, the community is inclusive uh, and by that t- to different kinds of races? Or do you think it's just in a bubble of its own looking to sort of... Uh, just living and going on with their lives, and not really including and assimilating. with...
1: oh, that's uh, that's such a tricky question. That's a tricky I question,
0: guess. right? Yeah. But I'm just curious to get your thoughts because you've come from a country, you and which I to us outside in the you know outside of America. Yeah. Uh, at least from the outside in the race relations within the community I'm talking about the LGBTQ community not yeah. necessarily America in, as in an result, is a lot better than perhaps what it would be in other countries is that a true assessment or is that probably just something we've seen from like television and or movies or culture and it's just a reference point
1: it's, it's hard for me to say too. I mean, I haven't lived in the US for 15 years. Uh, I've obviously seen what happened, what, what's happened there. And yep. George Floyd, I'm from Minneapolis. Yeah, I grew yeah. up in Minnesota. I went to school in Minneapolis. So that was really close to home with the whole, everything that happened with George Floyd and the Black Lives Matter mu- movement. Yeah. Um, I like to think that we do the best we can. I think our community as well, the LGBTI community, I mean, we try to be all about acceptance and we try to do the best we can. I genuinely believe i've tried i guess it's it's hard to say what other people are feeling and uh, even i guess even the the voice to parliament as well i mean i want to say i hope that people are making the right steps and i understand where things are lacking and it's really hard for me to kind of say yes or as, no. a, as a what, yeah. gay man as well like it's hard for me to say well it's this way or it's that way i mean um it doesn't it doesn't I don't have a difference of opinion in any of that, and I try to be as inclusive as I can. And oh, it's I, more not
0: more about your personal politics. It was more just from your observation outside in. Like, do you feel that it's in the context of the countries, are, are they both similar or are they very different? Oh, I, or is it just? I think. Look, I I, or, I a do. Broad f- stroke question.
1: It's a, it's a tricky one. I I do think that the U.S. and Australia are very similar Western countries in that yep. sense. Um. Look, we do have some different policies, and we've got some different uh, setups of healthcare, like those kind of things, I guess. But yeah. I, I guess um, I would have to say it probably a bit similar in that sense.
0: Okay, and they are inclusive in your mind. I believe so. Okay.
1: Yeah, or I hope th- a lot of people are working to get it as as best they can.
0: Okay. No, well, that's that. That's. I think that's important to sort of say. I don't think it is, but that's just No, that's completely But fair. it's 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 it was I the reason I asked you was that because exactly that is that if you had a different reading being an American into Australia versus, you know, cuz you always get different kind of context. But yeah. ultimately, you know, it's an as unfair a question that would be because we all come from our experiences and we can mm. we have only our experiences to as a reference point to make a statement whether it is or it isn't. So yeah. Um uh, that's that's completely fair. Now we ask all our guests two questions. Yeah. One is, what's your anthem song? Do you have an anthem song? I do.
1: So I thought a little bit about this when you'd mentioned that. Yeah. Um so funnily enough I'm going back to my MySpace days. Um <laughs> oh wow.
0: there was there was a time and there was, was a MySpace a time. Jesus. And
1: my th- my song on my MySpace was Grace Kelly by Mika. For a long, long time. Um, and I have to say that that's probably my anthem song. It's a bit bubbly. Okay. Um, I think it's a good message. I didn't realize Mika was gay when I had it up there, but um, uh, it's it's a bubbly song. It's it's kind of talking about just being yourself, being who you are. I think that that's the message I get out of it anyway. I'm yep. um, not trying to fake it necessarily. And uh, so, yeah, that's probably my anthem song if I'm in a bubbly mood. Um, it's really hard, though, too, because it just depends what... What kind of mood I'm in, and I, I listen to all different types of music. I have to cheat though too. And like I, my second one would probably have to be actually, and it's more poppy, but not poppy, but Adele, um, "Hometown Glory," because um, I have I've lived in five different countries. I've lived <laughs> in the U.S. for quite a long time. Fair I've traveled yeah. a lot, yeah. so I think when I do start to kind of feel a bit alone or sad, and I, I moved here by myself as well, like "Hometown Glory," just the way that it kind of comes in on the piano, and it's very kind of just relaxing and kind of thought provoking. Um, that one's one for me too, when I'm kind of feeling a bit down or miss the family or feel a bit homesick. Um, that's another one.
0: Cool. And what's the one thing you love about living in Melbourne?
1: Um, so I love Melbourne. I like the the way that Melbourne changes. Uh, like I said, I, my background's in architecture. I love architecture and I yeah. love walking around the city and just taking pictures of buildings. Um, and I love watching the city change. I love seeing new high rises go up. I love seeing the cityscape. I, adjust and I like just any new construction if you've looked at my Instagram yeah. I try to go back and I'll take pictures as a building progresses
0: yeah
1: um and and gets built and I I just I really love that kind of seeing the change in the urban urban environments and I love how Melbourne um it's just busy during any time of the day there's so many people that live in the city like yourself that um the the city just always feels busy and alive it does um versus a lot of the cities in the united states for example those downtown cbd areas are dead um after 5 p.m and on weekends um where melbourne is just always busy and fun and there's always something going on and there's always a bit of a buzz around it um and like i said i just love seeing it change
0: yeah, no, absolutely, I agree with you 100. percent I think the fact that I I love Melbourne is because it's there's always something to do. Yeah. So and that's that's the fabric of you know the city, and it's just one of the best things about living here. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to live anywhere else on the planet.
1: And that's I've lived absolutely. quite a few different places, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. Melbourne's <laughs> home, and I right. love it. I do. I really do. I just like I said, just. Just the designer, and it, Melbourne was the most livable city for like five or six, five years, or six years, I think. Yeah, and now yeah. I think we're number three, but still, it's fine. Um, it's okay. We need good. to take a hit as well
0: because we've oh, a bit. Oh, that's got to give it to someone else. Yeah. Exactly. Give yeah. it. Give it a little we've love. A generous heart. Share it. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. So no, I and I do. I honestly believe that. Like Melbourne is just it's home, and it's nice when I do travel and come back to Melbourne. It's I feel like I'm back home. Yeah. Um, and it feels like home. So that it's great, especially being an expat. It's nice no, to have that's... that feeling
0: that's awesome i thank you so much chris this was a great conversation and i have to say you would have to be the most friendliest American in Melbourne that oh, I have met. I've met a few other Americans, and they're like, oh, "Look at me! I'm so awesome!" Oh no, and no, I... I'm kind of cool. But you're like this, got this very chilled oh, vibe. Oh, that's
1: good. I hope. Yeah. I hope. Oh, so. well, look. And honestly, some of the places I've lived have claimed Canadian. Sometimes, depending on the political climate in the states, I yeah. do. I do claim Canadian. i, right fact, border, I remember.
0: So. I, I met this one person from one from America who just landed here, and he was all like, "Oh." you know, I'm awesome. I've, like, voted for... I Like, I love Michelle Obama. And, you know, it, that kind of vibe. Like, I'm this very liberal Black Lives Matter. And it's like, oh, I love Trump. And I'm like, oh, okay. I don't know how all of this adds up. But, but luckily, oh. they moved to Sydney. So I'm, oh, gosh. They more you there. The
1: Trump conversation. Yeah, uh, that's So unfortunate.
0: It, so, no, so it's interesting. I, I don't meet... Uh, I love Americans, but I don't meet many Americans in Melbourne who are friendly or generous. And I think you're one of those. No, so I appreciate Congratulations <laughs> on everything that you've done for the Pride Center. Thank I you. think it's an important uh, institution and building for the city. It means a lot for the city, and I hope people appreciate it, use it, advocate for it, and um, embrace it. Yeah, uh, if you haven't already, please go into it because I think... We as a city are better off with uh, such organizations, and I want to congratulate you and thank you uh, for all the great work you've done there. Thank you. And also thank you for that. coming on this podcast. Yeah, really absolutely.
1: And thank you for having me. It's been great, and I appreciate that you you reached out and asked me. It's nice to
0: <laughs> talk about it. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So thank you for listening, and thank you for watching, and I uh, will see you soon. We would like to thank our sponsors, Construct Mart and Flows Trading and Clearance Center. uh, And also let you know that this podcast has been recorded from Image Online Studio in Abbotsford. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. And please remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel and also follow us on Instagram at Let's Talk Melbourne.